Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast exists to inspire and encourage your heart-centered leadership. Each week, I share interviews with some of the greatest heart-centered leaders in the world. And I hope that our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. Please visit abty.co.uk if you would like us in your corner. These interview sessions are brought to you by Matt Media Online Marketing, an independent agency who specialise in content marketing, helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience. If you want to get your business seen through the power of social media, head to mattmedia.online. On episode 230, I'm joined by artist, poet and coach, Adam Rower. Adam is the founder of the Create Community and the host of the Deep Dive podcast. His spoken word poem, You Are Who You Have Been Looking For, is one of the top five motivational talks of all time. Adam is here to remind you that you are seen, you are heard, and you are loved. And he believes that when you remember that, you will continue to willingly leap into the unknown. This is Adam Rower on episode 230, and he's come to help you remember your magic. Adam Rower, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, brother? I am doing pretty well. How are you, Ryan? Oh, much better after you just left me in that little breath session just before we joined. <laughs> but um, yeah, Adam very intuitively picked up that my energy was a little bit off, and he's recentered me, and we're good to go, man. And you have a way with words. You have a, a beautiful way with words. And um, a friend of mine, previous guest on the show, he, um, I, I saw him at a Christian festival a couple of weeks ago, and he was on a spoken word stage. And they were doing this thing called like a bless off, which like, if you can imagine, it's like, it's like eight mile for Christians. <laughs> can you <laughs> yeah, just imagine if those things become a thing? Yeah, we, we call them, uh, my friend group calls them like comp- compliment ciphers. Nice. The like freestyle battling about how much you can compliment the other person. Life would be such a joy if we went around doing that more often, right? Yeah, there's no reason we can't. I've I've gone through periods of my life where I've tried actively to compliment people more. I found that I was doing it a lot more when I was single, um, not because there was necessarily any any you know in anything behind my compliments, yeah. but I find that um, I being in relationship, I'm a lot less likely to just compliment women for example yeah yeah the the thing i've had as a as a servant leader is like oh you, you give all that away and it's like well like the version of you i get when i get home is is not always of that you know because you come back tired and frazzled and uh it's almost that accountability sometimes which is oh where's that where's that for me sort of thing yeah i think um my partner is she's very uh, effusive with her language she's very much she loves to point out all the things she loves about Mm. me or about the little moments or different things. And it's, she does it so often that I I'm being entrained into that habit a bit, which is good. I'm I'm grateful for that. Oh, I love that. Conscious, conscious loving. I love that. And my wife and I had to go through a journey, how to speak that, like speak to each other in a way that is loving in not only the way that we express love, but in the way that we've received love and like the whole five love languages type conversation was very powerful and, and healing for us. But so I'd love to know like, where in the world are you from originally? Uh, I was born in California. Mm. I, was out, I was out there for a while. Sixth grade, I moved to Arizona mm. and I was there until I graduated college. And then I moved back to L.A. to pursue an acting career. 
um, and basically spent my next 11 years or whatever in Southern California, the LA or, or right outside of LA. And then um, the last five and a half years, I, I haven't had a lease. So I've yeah. been fully, fully nomadic, basically the last five and a half years. I'm currently right now in this moment in Miami, um, but leave for Europe next week and I'll be there for five weeks. So uh, yeah, very much traveling. Well, there's an invite to London coming your way, I'm sure. I know. I want to go to London. I still have not been to London. I was going to go for, um, you know, Mind Body Green. Right. Um, they they ha- were having a um, hosting something. I was going to speak out out there, yeah. but then uh, the pandemic happened. Yeah. So it shut everything down, and I I just haven't yeah. had had a chance to get back there. Well, I think your colleague in the um, in the Create community is it Kat Meyer, Doctor Kat Meyer. Yeah, she's uh, over in uh, in England recently because she was at a conference, the Health Optimization Summit, that's uh, run by my good friend Tim Tim Gray. So I think she was over speaking at that recently. Amazing, yeah. I Kat is one of my dear dear friends. Yeah. Um, and so I, I love hearing that she's out there just spreading her magic. She's very, very smart. <laughs> hey, friends, thank you for being here so far. I just want to have a heart-to-heart moment with the men. Men, are you tired of going it alone? Do you want to connect with other men who have been there, who have gone before you? Then Akira is the group for you. We know that as men, we're supposed to have it all figured out. But the truth is, none of us have all the answers. Well, that's where Akira comes in. Our group of successful men is here to provide you with the support, guidance and advice that you need to achieve your goals. We don't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. Our members have been through the ups and downs of life and we've come out the other side wiser and stronger. We want to share our knowledge and experience with you so that you can avoid the pitfalls and reach your potential. Akira is our brotherhood a place where men can be vulnerable, share their struggles, and celebrate their victories. We meet regularly to discuss the issues that matter most to us, from career, finances, relationships, and personal growth. And we do it all in a safe and confidential environment. So if you're ready to level up in life and become the best version of you, the best version of you for yourself and those you lead, then consider joining Akira today. You can find out all the information that you need at abty.co.uk forward slash Akira. The link's in the show notes. We're waiting for you, brother. Here we go. Back to the interview. I was going to ask whether there was this metaphor, metamorphosis of you leaving a corporate world, but clearly you're in LA, you're in the acting scene, so there's no kind of suit tie metamorphosis that you've had to leave. But have you always been spirit-filled? No, no, not at all. I, yeah. I, I was... I was uh, raised Catholic and Mm -hmm. I was uh, an altar boy in the Catholic church. And um, then I just never found God through religion. I I just never found that connection. It's funny because recently um, I've had a a number of conversations with people and uh, religion has been coming back into my life in an interesting way. People have been, I've had a few friends send me YouTube videos of pastors Um, and, and saying, you should watch this. There's a great message here, or I could see you doing this or something like that. It's really interesting. And so the other day I was flying back for, from Denver, I was speaking at an event there to, to 150 high school kids and I was coming back and Uh I asked to switch my seat and they switched me and I get sat next to to a, a husband and wife who run a ministry. 
yeah, and yeah. have their own ministry. So I'm sitting on a plane for four hours talking to them, and they um, invite me to their youth worship night and, yeah. and this whole thing. And I actually went, and I went, oh, this is really interesting. I'm here uh, singing worship songs, and they're go like they're going like rocking out and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, it just that's a, a funny side note because uh, in the conversation with her, she was talking about the difference between most people going to church yep. um, and just intellectually going through the motions versus yep. people who have the actual felt experience of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And which I equate to having a spiritual awakening, yes. really feeling the presence of, of something larger than ourselves. And so I've had that, I had yeah. that, but that my entry point into that world was plant medicine and ayahuasca. Right. Yeah. And so um, the actual religious Part of it, I I left when I was 16 years old. I was like, yeah. I'm done with church. And then the corporate part of that, I worked in an advertising agency yeah. um, when I was, uh, you know, last two years of college because I thought that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then uh, realized quickly that was not the case and wanted to pursue my artistic mm. passions and moved out to pursue acting. And I, if you consider my acting career entrepreneurship, to yeah. a degree, yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, I've been I've been self-employed for the most part since I was 22. Yeah, that's a really interesting conversation, isn't it? Because you are effectively a disciple of love. You know, that that's how I resonate with your story or, or with your content is that you are following the higher vibrational frequency and the energy of love. You know, you're constantly talking about the healing power of love, the expansion of love, talking about choosing love. That's that, you know if we're talking about being a disciple, which means to be disciplined in our following, like choosing love, that, that's probably the greatest form of accountability, right? Yeah. Although I will add the caveat that I believe that everyone is choosing love to the best of, of their mm. ability. I, I yeah. think that um, it's, for example, if we say, we look at the the rapist, right? That's such an extreme example, and in no way do I condone rape at all. Uh, especially someone I've I was the victim of sexual abuse when I was a child, so it, it is a very I I want mm. to end it across the planet: sexual assault, sexual abuse. And what I'll say is, when someone rapes someone else, what are they actually seeking there? Mm. Generally, it's a power thing. And it's a power thing because they feel powerless. Yes. And that power thing um, is a way for them to love them. So it's a way for them to feel the thing that they're not, they, they so badly want to yeah. feel, they have no other idea of how to mm. feel it. And so um, I, I think that that perspective for me has been very helpful because it takes a bit of the moral hierarchy out of yeah. things that a lot of people love to to play with and yeah. i go i believe that we're all disciples of love i i think that the difference is that um i have a have a perspective that allows me to be open to the idea that my perspective of love is not the only perspective of love and when you get to that one belief when you truly believe that yeah. um there can be a level of compassion yes. that i think most people associate when they see that level of compassion they go yeah. wow they're so loving 
I think we're all so loving. The, yeah, the person, yeah. my when I grew up, my dad used to hit me, you know, as discipline. But that, like, that was his way of trying to love me by show by helping me become and and shape me into a the type of man that could whatever. And I'll never hit my kids. So mm. there's a big difference in what that looks like, but I don't think that my dad necessarily loved me less than I'll love my kids just because his actions look different. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a quick moment to introduce the new official sponsor of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, Matt Media Online Marketing. Matt Media have been involved in the production of over 100 interview sessions. I highly recommend their services. Matt Media Online Marketing are an independent agency who specialize in content marketing, helping business owners get their message seen by the right audience. If you want your business seen through the power of social media, head to mapmedia.online. You can find the link in the show notes. And here we go, back to the interview. Yeah, and, and I, you said the word compassion. And I think sometimes that compassion can be first and foremost for ourselves or a younger version of ourselves. And uh, there was a, as I was preparing for this interview, I was listening to some of your content. There was a one liner that just hit me right in the heart. You said that love is not empirical, it's expansive. And I think that speaks into this idea that we can be compassionate for a former version of ourselves because we understand that what we tried to do out of love in the past wasn't empirical. It wasn't, you know, maybe you could speak to this idea. What do you mean by the fact that love is expansive rather than empirical? I mean, the to me, when we think about this statement, um, so I, I wrote a poem um, that, the beginning of it goes, uh, a lot of people say love is the answer, but what's that actually mean? I think a lot of people use love as an answer so that they can seem like they've thought it through and know what to do, but I really question that. It feels more like love is a cop-out answer to any question that gets asked. And so that's the beginning of this poem that where I explore this idea of everyone is saying the same regurgitated high-level mm content around love. This idea that love is everything. Love yeah. is the answer. Love is empirical. That's what I mean when I say, oh, love is just everything and everywhere. And so it's a, um, that's true. So first off, I'm not saying that that's not true. I, I just explained from my perspective, how I think everyone's acting out of love. I think love yep. is the binding force that holds all of this together. Yes. yes. Um, and, but what is that force? Yeah. Like love is just a word. Love is just a word that we use mm. to describe. Generally it's used to describe a feeling. Yes. Um, a lot of people use love as a word to categorize life into love or hate or fear so that they can have, you know, a code of morality or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the 10 commandments, whatever. Yeah. And, and so Love, but love is just a word. And I like to take everything a step deeper into the energetics. If you, if anyone, you know, listens to my podcast, the deep dive, or they look at my content yep. then what I do generally is take concepts and try and break them down into the most fundamental binary yep. energetics, masculine, feminine, yang, yang, zeros and ones, circles and lines, dynamics 
because when we can understand it at that level, yes. it gives us a, a lens on life where, where we're not playing at the mm. symptoms. We're actually dealing with the root. And so to your point, I think that people saying love is the answer when you, when you ask them, how is it the answer? <laughs> Most <laughs> of the time, they don't have an answer to that. Yeah. When we say, how does that work? When you say love's actually the answer, tell me how that works. Yes. They, they don't have an answer to that because yes. what's happened is they've bought into the high level truth like that without translating it down into a modern 3D human experience. And so when I say love is expansive, yeah. one of the pieces of content that, that has like a million views on it, that piece is me saying that we don't actually do anything to heal ourselves. What we do is we allow love to get into a space inside of ourselves that we previously were too scared to let love in. Yeah. And love is an expansive force. It's the thing that is expanding the universe. Yeah. And when it gets into those places, it expands and in the expansion, it pushes, just like it pushes our universe into expansion, it pushes energy out. And the thing that was preventing us from putting love in those spaces was trauma, wounding, fear, uh, sadness, these, these stuck energetics inside of ourselves. Yeah. And so just by allowing love in there, love will expand and push it out. Yeah. And so that's one example of what I mean when I say love is the expansive force. And when yeah. we understand love as an expansive force, we can change our perspective on things like healing. Yeah, I love the way you articulate that. And, and one of the things I've been kind of really just playing with this idea is that, you know, we're already full. You know, the words like joy, full, they're, a, they're an illusion, or not an illusion, they allude to the fact that we are already full of love or, or full of joy, beautiful. It's not an external thing. It's it alludes to the fact that we are full of beauty, and yet we live in a world that, you know, the from the dawn of all time, maybe the greatest lie of all is is for us to believe that maybe we lack in some way. That in some way we need something external to us. Maybe it be an apple. Maybe it be some products, beauty products. Maybe it be an energy drink or a happy meal. But we've been conditioned to believe that everything that we need is outside of us. So how do we come back to this? expansive nature of the heart and and rather than fill it allow it to expand well we we chose on a soul level i believe this we chose to forget so we could have the joy of remembering <laughs> yeah the irony of that right <laughs> and so and so the the starting point is not even being upset that we forgot it's being <laughs> it's being joyful that we remembered and so that that's the starting point for me is yeah. going, okay, can I start there? Because if I'm lost in the upset or the self-judgment or the guilt of having forgotten or spending when I dropped into a year-long, really deep, almost suicidal depression in my life, if I, I could sit there and judge myself, and that's part of it, part of that process is the judgment of going, Wow, I am I'm a fraud. Mm. I I every, people think I know about self-love and I, here I am depressed and so the the judgment make just piles on top of it. Yeah. But if I can actually get to a place of going, wow, I forgot for a while that I am 
amazing. I forgot for a while that life is incredible. I forgot those things, but I forgot those things so that I could have the joy of remembering them. Yeah. And how wonderful is it that I had the opportunity to remember it? Yeah. And and so that's a starting place for me. There's a lot of um, narrative around the opposite energy, you know, love and fear, right? Light and dark. The opposite energy is characterized by making us doubt that in some way we're deceived from the truth. Uh, we're distracted. You know, we've got these phones that keep us busy. Do you believe in these forces, these energies that are designed to keep us from bringing our light to the world? Yeah, Rudolf Steiner talks about two uh, forces with uh, the forces of Lucifer and the forces of Eremon. And the the Luciferic forces are the forces that are are trying to get us to disconnect and disassociate yeah. from life and, and pull us away and out of life. And then Aramon, mm -hmm. Aramonic forces are the forces that are trying to um, make us really like materialistic. Like life is all that matters. The spirit mm. world is unimportant. And so they're two, depending on how you describe them, you can call them like forces of evil, but they're really just these polarizing energies that are doing what th is theirs to do, which is pull in this direction or pull in this direction. And yeah. our role in that is to recognize can we stay balanced? You know, yeah. can we, and balance does not mean to me, balance does not mean always being in the middle. Balance means understanding like, like a surfer. Yes. Being balanced is not actually always being in the middle. It's actually, as you're riding the wave, understanding, okay, I need to be a little mm. bit more in, on this toe side or heel side or forward or back. And that's how, to me, finding balance in life is. There are seasons in which, yeah. hey, I need to be really material focused right now. My yeah. business is requiring me. I need to be on social media right now. I'm going on tour and promoting and mm -hmm. relaunching the create community that yeah. that I am relaunching. All of these things, like, okay, this is the, the chapter. And then there's other chapters where going, wow, I, I feel myself having, I need to actually disconnect and be more yeah. in my spirit body so I can receive some guidance and direction and, and um, understand at, at a level that when I'm more in the material, I, I just don't have access to. And so finding that balance, I think is, is very important. And I do believe that there are forces pulling us in both directions. Yeah. You just mentioned surfing and um, I, I came to LA on my honeymoon with my wife and uh, we went to Malibu. Mate, the water's cold. Like that's not, it doesn't look like that on TV. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. I, I never surfed in LA without a wetsuit. Always yeah. summer, summer or winter always. Well, I had this like belief that I'd come to LA, I'd get my board shorts on. I'd just, no, that was just on TV. Like I was shocked. Yeah, it's it is cold, cold water. <laughs> this is before my Wim Hof days, before Wim Hof was a thing. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's difficult to surf when you go out there and you're actually with the surfers. There, most of them are in wetsuits. Yeah, television. I fell for it. <laughs> you've got a you've got a testimony on your website by a guy called Preston Smiles, and he says this wonderful one liner about you. He says you're a Renaissance man. He says, you're a Renaissance man, a perfect example of what it means to be in your integrated masculine. I listen to you. You talk with such beauty. You talk with such finesse about, you know, all matters of the heart. Um, I don't think that, you know, that we would say that that's characteristic of all men. 
How have you journeyed in being a spiritual guy, uh, uh, an integrated masculine guy? You know, that's a really, that's a really interesting question. I, I, I'll say that even yesterday, a good friend of mine who I deeply respect was still giving me, giving me a hard time about it, like making fun of me, you know, teasing me about, uh, my femininity, my feminine energy. (laughs) Um, and so it's one of those things that I think as a man, um, I don't know if, I mean, my perspective on it is you have to be quite confident in your masculinity to allow your feminine to be expressed. Right. (laughs) So, so the fact that I'm a poet and I let my feelings be seen and all of this stuff, um, to me, there's a a large, um, I don't know. It's like, I, it's evidence of my confidence in a lot of ways in my own masculinity, because there, there was a time where I, believed things because of my upbringing from my father and different things. I believed men didn't cry or show emotions. Um, I, I went through a period where I was incredibly shut down and robotic, almost stereotypical in in my masculine in that way. Um, And so the journey to get here was maybe two parts in, in a lot of ways. One was the, the recognition that I was, that, tapping into my emotions, tapping into my yeah. creative expression, tapping yeah. into my poetic soul yeah. allowed me to feel more. And I think feeling is actually the reason we're here. Yeah, I think the reason we've come here to play this game of human is because of feeling. Yeah. That, that like when I look at the uniqueness of the human experience, why do we do anything that we do? We do yeah. Everything we do is because of how it makes us feel. Yeah. And so to me, that is indicative of uh, that must be the reason we're here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to feel whatever, yeah. whatever that is. And so um, that was a huge part of it. And then the other side, which was also needing to develop my masculinity to a point where I felt confident in it. You know, I was, I was on the Arizona national team as a wrestler. I did mixed martial arts in college. I thought I was going to get into cage fighting for a while. Um, uh, starting to, um, work on my sexuality Uh and, and, um, heal around that, get to experience being single and doing the, like, pick up, picking up women and and having that experience, like, all of that and developing my masculinity, my sexuality, yep. both of those on both sides. I think to be integrated as as a man fully, you is not about just in, is not just developing one side of that. You yeah. have you have to yeah. actually develop and become confident in both. Well, it's the synthesis, isn't it? It's the synthesis of the, those polarities and. Um... It's really interesting because I grew up single parent family, um, my mum, and I, and I guess I've often thought that my um, my in touch, you know, guy with heart on his chest. I've always described myself as heart on my sleeve. I've always been in touch with a degree of my femininity, um, and I I assumed that was because I grew up around a woman. But actually, I think now I reflect on it, my mum was very much a go 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 do do do. We don't start, we keep going, we move. So actually, she uh compensated a lot in her masculine probably because she had to she was mum and dad meaning that i maybe have you know been the eldest child maybe adopted some of the more um i don't know i'm just thinking out loud as we speak but 
I think as I became a an adult, because I hadn't had the masculinity role modeled, my journey and my challenge had to become one of learn what that looks like in a healthy way. Because my unhealthy masculinity needed something from the world. You know, I, I needed affirmation. I needed love. And we talk about um, heart work, which is the the work that we love to do in the service of other people. And I was fortunate enough that I found that in a way that I was helping people. But in the early days, I definitely went to that for love rather than from love. And I think that's probably been the, the most powerful life lesson that I've ever had to embody is, is learning how to come to the world as an expression of love rather than seek it and for it. And, you know, when you talk about work of your soul, work of your heart, that's like, it's almost like your baby, isn't it? It's like your creation. And, and so many people attach this feeling of, is it good enough? Is my creation good enough? Will it be judged? Well, it, I, I saw a lady on TikTok a couple of years ago selling farts in a jar and she was making a lot of money. And it was at that point, the penny dropped where I was like, creation is so subjective that it cannot be judged. Therefore, there must be something deeper to the purpose of creation. And, and, and you have a, a belief that creation is both uh, enough, but it's good for us. Yeah, so I... Um... I'm relaunching some, I don't know when this podcast comes out, but I'm relaunching uh, my community, which is called the Create Community. Yep. And the Create Community is an online space for people to come together and have structure around creating on a monthly basis, creating yep. some form of creative expression yep. uh, around a shared theme, a shared topic. And the reason why I have, have this community is because I believe creativity is actually a personal development modality. Mm. I believe that our creativity is the tool and the asset that we have that gives us the most effective and the most efficient and the most sustainable path for our personal and spiritual growth. And I have a, I mean, I, I could do a whole keynote on, on this, but in, in kind of a, a short way of saying this is one, the actual understanding of creative energy. I believe that creative energy is the purest expression of your soul. I believe that the reason why creativity is so different amongst every one of us, everyone listening to this has, if we all were to write a poem about love, every single one would be different. If we were yeah. to do anything that we created, it would be different because it is our it is the essence of what makes us unique it's our life force energy it's our soul's fingerprint and so yeah. when we express that we're allowing that energy to move through us and i believe one on a kind of hippie woo woo level yeah. there's no more healing of an energetic or frequency than your soul fingerprint your soul essence your life force moving through you your unique no one else has access to that only you yeah. so it's going to be the most healing thing because it, it's uniquely yours yes and and so that that's one level of it and the second level of it is very practical and it's and it's actually that creativity the process of creativity mirrors the process of of uh, the expansion of consciousness because creativity is simply putting together patterns you never put together before that's, mm. that's the process of creativity. How, oh, how do I put these notes together on the piano differently than I ever have? Or how do yeah. I put words in different orders than I ever have to create a poem? Well, great. Amazing. That's, that's training your brain to put together new patterns. Guess what? 
personal development, all personal development is, is putting together new patterns. All the expansion of consciousness is, is putting together new patterns. Wow. I just realized why I have intimacy issues. Oh, I just realized why I um, have an, a, a, such a temper. Like when you understand those things, it's because you put together a new pattern. The next step how do I put together a pattern for how to shift that? What is the behavior changes I could make? What are the things I know what will work or not work? And so creativity is the process by which we expand. And when you step into creativity intentionally with that mindset, you start to develop a relationship to your creativity as a tool for growth that I think has completely transformed my life and yeah. is something that is why I want, I have created spaces for people to do that. Yeah. And you said it's healing. And I think it's healing on the individual level. But I think when people experience the work of people who do what they love, it can be it can like send out a ripple effect of, of healing for the receiver, too. Yeah, 100 percent. It's it's um, I'm doing an event this this Saturday called Poetry and Possibility, which is an event I would love to bring to London at some point. And uh, in it, there's a portion of it that's creative writing where I take people through this exercise and, and we write together and then there's an open sharing yeah. and, and, and we have different people come up and they share what they wrote from yeah. the same prompt and the yeah. same kind of experience. And it's incredible. It's my favorite part is to, to be able to see what comes out of other human beings. There's something that we inherently understand and know, which is, is that, when we experience the creative expression of others, it reminds us of something. There's something that's very primal. Yes. And again, we've just been talking about this. There's enough evidence to show us that our creativity and creative expression yeah. is absolutely 100% the, the most beautiful, impactful thing that, that we can be putting out. Because not only does mm. it help us, but it, it, it solves for others too. Do you think we take time as a society to... Uh play enough time to play no i think as a society we undervalue play mm. yeah talk about it as if play is a is a privilege um or as if play is um something that you do when everything else is taken care yeah. of and like but understanding play as being something that's that's about personal development and and the power of it is yeah I, I don't think society has yeah. i think we've forgotten that I play is is necessary i wonder whether play is a feminine quality you know that that light spirit of play because oh and i wonder whether you know some women um don't stop and play because maybe they don't feel safe enough to maybe some men don't stop and play because they've been led to believe that that's you know not what men do like what do you what do you believe about what i've just said i think that um I don't know. I, I mean, what is your definition of play? Mm. Oh, it feels like joy, emotion. It feels like joy in action. I think if I've got two young kids, I've got uh, a ten-year-old and eight-year-old, and I think play is just entering their world, right? Entering, entering the world like a child. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'm like the defined play: engage in an activity for enjoyment and recreation rather than a serious or practical purpose. Yeah. And so prior to looking that up, my definition would be doing something you enjoy just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. And so like that to me is a really important uh, thing to to incorporate because when you do something for just the the purpose of joy. 
yeah. and, and something that you enjoy doing without needing a result. Yeah. You allow for magic to yeah. enter. And what is magic? You allow for the unexpected. It, so often in life, we're creating things specifically yeah. for a result that we want to yeah. see happen. And because we're wanting to see that result, it's like, I'm creating this because I want to get likes on social media. I'm creating this because I want to um, get get someone, get a new client. I'm creating yeah. this for X, Y, Z. As we do that, what ends up happening is that we limit what's possible from that creation because we're creating it for a result. And the result is something that we are imagining based on what we can even comprehend or see, which yeah. is based on a limited set of data and a tiny fraction of, of the, the ways in which it, it can happen, right? Yeah. And so when we just do something because we purely enjoy it and release the attachment to a result, what's amazing about that is now the actual process can unfold in ways that we never saw coming there. They yeah. can unfold in ways that expand us and we grow. And then the result has the opportunity to surprise us. Yeah. Right. And how many times as adults do we say, wow, our days aren't characterized by wow and awe and wonder anymore. Are they really? I think that it, for, I'll speak for myself, the most magical, amazing life-changing moments in my life and events that have happened from my poem going viral to signing a million dollar client to all of these different things that are, are these, these next level experiences, yeah. all of them that have happened in my life were not planned. Yeah. Let's go. I, I did not have plans yeah. for them. I didn't have, I wasn't doing anything specifically to achieve that result. Yeah. They were a, results that happened that far exceeded anything I could have imagined yeah, yeah, in yeah. ways that blew me out of the water as, yeah. as people calling them miracles, basically. Yeah. And I think that most people have that experience and yet somehow get caught up in the idea that everything in between that should be by design. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sadhguru says that um, I hope your dreams don't come true because your dreams are only limited by what you can imagine. 100%. I agree yeah. with that. Mm, you just said the word attachment earlier in the in the Gospel of Mary, which is a text that's written away somewhere. Um, it actually says that Mary says that Jesus said that attachment is a passion against nature. And the origin of the word passion is to suffer. And obviously there's, you know, synchronicities there with with the the lessons and the teachings of buddha which is ultimately that attachment is the cause of our suffering yes i i think that um it's a fine line again when we go back to those two forces right of pulling us in different directions i think that um one of the things that i used to teach early on in my spiritual journey and early on in coaching was we create our reality that yeah. that statement we create our reality and um when i think it's an early lesson that people get in in spirituality the law yes. of attraction and manifestation yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you're creating it and and it's a it's a very helpful lens to to have and i think it's incomplete i think that it's an oversimplification and, and the actual truth is we co-create our reality and we are co-creating with that force. We are co-creating yeah. with the nature. And so yeah. when we get attached, now we are trying to impose our will upon 
nature and it's like having a business partner yeah, that yeah, you yeah. are just trying to force to do what you want yeah. when you're saying hey we're partners we're, we're 50 50 in this yes. i can't create without you and you can't create without me nature needs me too and i think that's also where we've gotten disconnected from our power which is literally nature the force of love spirit god whatever words you want to use yeah. can only experience the unique perspective i have through me and so the i am providing an opportunity for spirit to experience yes. this life in a way that they've never will have again yes. and so there's a co-creative mutually beneficial relationship yes. that i have and believe in with god and the universe and so i think that when in in the effort of empowering ourselves of of like we i am um creating my reality we secretly insidiously disempower ourselves yeah um hey no actually we're co-creating but guess what yeah. spirit needs us too yeah, yeah so yeah. it's an empowered it's a different way of looking at it yeah i love that and um obviously you're alluding to the fact that we are a vessel of that spirit and one of the things that many people i talk to including myself is is uh learning how to surrender learning how to surrender so how do we become a willing vessel Um, I, I mean, to become a willing vessel, you need faith Yeah. because yeah. surrender is people think of surrender typically through the lens of giving up, Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. surrender yeah. is actually an action. Surrender Trust. is the action of trusting in yeah. something yeah. beyond yourself. Yeah. Believing and, without seeing. Yeah. And so to surrender into something is to, to trust in something that I cannot see, define, but I, I just feel, which is faith. And yeah. so the act of surrender is an act of faith. Yes. And so I think that if you don't have faith, if you don't really trust, then it's, you can't fully surrender. So when people ask, how do I surrender? I say, well, don't focus on how to surrender, focus on how to trust. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a there's a quote on your grid from your podcast that says that most people want to know that they can fly before they take the leap of faith. And if they know that they can fly, then it's not faith. It's just logic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, I love that you, you, you're you bringing up old quotes that I've forgotten. And I'm like, that's good. I said yeah, that. Yeah, you said I'm, that, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah what do you mean? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say another way of saying that is everyone wants to know um, – Everyone wants to to know two or three steps ahead yeah. when they haven't taken the first step. Yeah. And so sometimes that second or third step is around a corner that you can't see until you step. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. what I believe is that the universe will always give you the next step. Yeah. They always give you the next step. And so you're if you can see two or three steps ahead, that that is, I consider that the grace of God. Mm. <laughs> but most of the time you only are shown the next one because in a lot of ways, if you knew the fourth or the fifth one, you wouldn't do the first one because the courage that you'll need for the fourth and the fifth one, yeah. you're going to develop through steps one, two, and three, and 100%. you don't currently have the courage. And if you saw step four <laughs> that said, Hey, by the way, yeah, you're yeah. going to need to leave your job and leave your marriage and go and move to this part of the world. You're yeah. like, there's no way I'm just not even no, taking the first step. Not voting for that. So, that's yeah, exactly my story. That's the, I, I left the police after 12 years uh, on the 14th of February, 2020, six weeks before Boris locked us down. 
and I had to make it work. I had no help me out, so I had to make it work. If you showed me all of the steps I'd go through for the you know the years to come, I'd be like, well, that sounds a bit like hard work. <laughs> I, I just stay where I am, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. But just to bring back you know full circle to some of your old quotes and content, your most viewed uh, video on YouTube is a is a one titled "You Are Who You Have Been Looking For." And I just wonder whether that quote still resonates now as much as it did with you five years ago. I think it it resonates more yeah. now than it did five years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think it resonates with a lot of people. You know, that poem has been viewed yeah. 250 million times. That's nice. And uh, it is the most viral poem in history in terms of a live wow. poetry performance. Let's go. So it's um, one of those things where I think that message resonates for for most of us. And it's it's a message that has so much meaning. It, literally, I could talk about it from a different perspective than I've ever talked about it before, I'm sure, yeah. just sitting here and and thinking to myself that no one's going to save you but you. That That is one of the biggest reasons I left the church early on was I felt like there was this energy of wanting this unseen force to come and solve their problems. And I just went, that doesn't resonate for me. And, and the truth is that God is not going to solve your problems yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, that, that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, what, and the same is people go to plant medicines thinking, okay, the, the medicine is going to heal me. Yeah. No, the, the medicine is going to show you the steps for you to heal yourself. And, and I think you can replace the word medicine with God. You can replace whatever you are co-creating with this yeah. force. And this force of the divine is there to show you the steps that you can take in order for you to have the life that you want. Yeah. And so um, if you're not willing to take those steps, and by the way, that's most people, <laughs> literally the most, the people listening to this podcast are in the, the top 5% because there, there's a very small percentage of the population that listens to personal development podcast, right? Yeah. And even amongst the people listening to this, there's a small fraction of you that are actually willing to, to face your fears and take those leaps and do the things that your soul and God is yeah. telling you, Hey, yeah. here's, here's a direction to go. And I feel like, um, that's, that's, why I do what I do is yeah. I'm hoping that this conversation shifts one, two, three more people into the type of person who's willing to take those, those steps. Uh, because if you're not willing to take those steps, you will not see your life change. Yeah. That's powerful. I'm not the most uh, biblically schooled person, but even Moses, when he said to God, look me who, why well, I can't do this stuff. God just says, what's that in your hand? You've already got all that you need. It's just like, are you using what you've been given? And even if we want to look at Jesus, like everyone says that, that Jesus can only knock the door and there's only a handle on the inside of that door. So, you know, that, that phrase where you said, you've got to save yourself, you've got to be the one willing to stick your hand on that door and open yourself up to the possibilities. Mm -hmm. 100%. And so at the end of the day, change happens in an instant. All the change in your life, like real change happens in, in a moment. Yeah. Everything else up until that point that all the work that you've done to make that is just getting you ready to yeah. make the change and the change happens in an instant. And so that means that anything that you're working on right now, any change that you want to see, you want to quit drinking, you want to leave your abusive relationship, you whatever, that change is available to you right now. 
and all of the podcasts that you listen to and the books that you read and whatever to be able to make that change is just preparing you to make the decision. But at, at a certain point, you just say, this decision is made. And what goes into that? I don't want to, I don't want to take away from, you know, I've dealt with healing PTSD in my body from abuse and different things. And so to be able to make a choice does require work. Yeah. There, there are certain things your nervous system has to be on board. There's, there's work and every choice will require different things. An example, let me give it a just different example for people. When I was moving out to LA to pursue an acting career, I was leaving behind my friends. I was leaving behind a, a job offer. I was leaving behind my family. I was arguably pursuing one of the most difficult things you can possibly choose as a career. And so at the time, what did I need to do? I needed to work with a private acting coach every single week to feel like I was good enough to do it, have the confidence. I had to um, make, I, I got a job as a, a bartender specifically so that I could have experience. So when I moved out to LA, I figured I would work in a restaurant like this cliche. So let me yeah. make sure I'm set up for success and I have experience yeah. and I yeah. can get a good one. And it, like I was doing these things to set me up to have the courage to go, okay, I'm doing it. No matter what, I'm doing it. And that's the same with everything else. We go through life and we we acquire the skills and the experience and all of it to allow us to commit to certain decisions. And I think where most people struggle and they say, well, I don't know how to make this decision or that decision. I go, great. What are the what are the things that would help you make that decision? And for a lot of people, they're so caught up in the fear of making the decision. They're not even yeah. taking the steps that it would take to help them make the decision. And it's like, great. I don't care if it's going to take you three years, yeah. at least be doing something now to get you to that point. Yeah. I could talk to you all day, but I want to be super respectful of your time. We've flirted around this topic and I just love to package it in one conversation, which is uh, there's a word here always been yesterday. It's called heartprint. And it's a word that I use to describe the ripple effect of the way we serve other people, the legacy that we might leave behind in others um, as a result of the way that we pour into others and the work in our creation. I just love to invite you just to take a moment to reflect on what you think your heartprint might be. I think that at the core, I like to believe that my heart print is um, giving people permission to feel at an even deeper level and understanding the power uh, uh, that they have to create the life that they want through the willingness to feel. Super powerful. Thank you for all the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you for your gracious time today. Uh, I'll add all your links in the show notes, all the things that you've got coming up with the Create community and the uh, poems and possibilities uh, that you're putting out. And um, just be honored if you'd leave us a, a final thought from your good self. I think my my final thought is just to remember that everything you feel is worthy of being felt. There's There's a reason you feel it. You know, I, so much of my life dropping into depression came from, again, the judgment of what I was feeling. Whereas it sounds simple, but it can be really 
you almost don't even realize you're doing it. You're having a bad day and you're going, I don't know why I'm having a bad day. I should, I'm everything. I have all these blessings and all of this stuff. And, it, and then you're beating yourself up. And before you realize it, you're going, wait a second, I'm actually in resistance to what I'm feeling. Yeah. And so to me, it's, there's a reason you're feeling what you're feeling. And yeah. when you can just accept that and start to ask, okay, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? I'm listening to you, body. I'm listening to you. Yeah. Why? Um, you unlock these breadcrumbs that you can follow to yeah. that will that will give you deeper insight into yourself. And as a result of that, they will unlock deeper insight into the world and what you can create. Mm, I love that. Just want to let you know that one of the other phrases that you said earlier that really got me was that that hole in your heart or that hole in your chest. You only got that hole in your chest because you uh, believe you're not blessed. <laughs> yeah. You only got that hole in your chest because you believe you're not blessed. And I think that talks to the uh, the absolute power of, of feeling gratitude in that moment. So I'm just deeply grateful for you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me uh, on on the podcast, Ryan. And thank you, everyone who who has taken the time to listen. Again, I have lots of online real estate. I have my deep dive podcast, if you like podcasts, and I have the Create Community, if you want to use creativity as a personal development modality. Beautiful. Have a blessed day, brother. Thank you. Hey, my friends, thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections, and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you. Keep leading, my friends. Always love.